0: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth mission. Last fall, a huge, expensive election battle took place in California, and it was over Proposition 22. On one side were gig work companies like Uber, Lyft, and Instacart. They spent more than $220 million on a flood of ads to convince voters that their workers should remain as independent contractors instead of becoming employees. Why? If drivers are forced to become employees, Up to 90% of app-based driving jobs
1: could disappear.
0: And on the other side were labor unions. They argued that gig workers deserved full benefits for making huge profits for their companies, especially after they became so essential during the pandemic, delivering groceries and meals. Uber and Lyft
1: wrote Proposition 22 for one reason, to make a handful of Silicon Valley executives richer, By continuing to exploit thousands of drivers like me for a
0: profit. In the end, more than half of Californians sided with the tech companies and Proposition 22 passed. Now, nearly 10 months after that major win for gig economy companies, an Alameda County Superior Court judge has ruled that the measure is unconstitutional. He said it infringed on the state's ability to regulate compensation for workers' injuries and that the measure's requirement of a 7-8 legislative majority to amend the law was too high of a bar. The judge also took issue with a clause in Prop 22 that prevents gig workers from unionizing. Chronicle reporter Carolyn Said is here to talk about what the road ahead will look like for Uber and Lyft drivers and other gig workers in the state. So Carolyn, Prop 22 was such a standout ballot measure last fall. We were inundated by aggressive ads, and it made a lot of people think about the future of gig workers, people that we really leaned on during the pandemic. Can you remind us why this was such a defining measure, not only for California, but the whole country? Well, Prop 2 was the most expensive ballot measure in California, as you said. We were inundated
1: with ads, and that's because for the gig companies, it was an existential question. They do not want their workers to be employees. So this was their end run around AB5, California's measure that could otherwise have forced them to turn their workers into employees. They're kind of creating a whole new category for their workers who are still independent contractors, but with some benefits and and some guarantees that independent contractors would not ordinarily have. And the gig companies are hoping that this sets a model for the rest of the nation. In fact, they're going around now to other states trying to implement measures similar to Prop 22 in other states.
0: Gig companies like Instacart and Uber say their business models really depend on the flexibility of having independent contractors as opposed to employees. Why is that?
1: Well, that is their line. You you shouldn't be accepting their standard line there. Um, right. But that is what they say, um, and that they need the flexibility for their on-call model to have people, um, you know, respond when there are periods of high demand, but they pay them more. Um, it, it's actually not, you know known for sure whether or not that is the case. That is what they say. Um, it, they are, there are some gig type companies that do have an employee model and it does work for them. Um, the, the part that they don't talk about a lot is that having employees is very expensive, a lot more than having independent contractors. All those expenses like um, insurance, unemployment benefits, other types of benefits mm-hmm. can add up to 30% onto the employer's labor costs. And, and so that that's kind of the, the big part they don't talk about. It could be that the flexibility is necessary to their business model, but we don't know that. That's just their line.
0: So more than half of Californians supported Proposition 22 last fall, but now a judge has found the measure unconstitutional. The legal explanation may be wonky for some. Can you explain why the ruling was made? Sure. So
1: this case was brought by a union, and and they got a couple of named plaintiffs who were riders and and um, drivers, and their point was looking at the fine print of Prop 22 says that it can only be amended by the legislature with a seven eighths majority of the legislature, and that that's the only way that collective bargaining could be implemented.
0: Mm. So one of the main reasons why the judge ruled that the gig economy companies violated the state's constitution was because the seven-eighths supermajority needed to make any changes to the law, including the right for workers to unionize, is unattainable. Will these companies appeal?
1: This is definitely going to be appealed. Uber, Lyft, et cetera, have already said they're going to appeal it. So it's going to go to the appeals court and then I'm sure it would end up at the California Supreme Court. So this is not the end of the game. This is just the first step on a long legal journey.
0: What are the next steps?
1: So the next step is this decision has to be um, officially entered, which would happen later this week or next week. And as soon as that happens, the pro Prop 22 side will file an appeal. And once they file an appeal, it is usually standard for a decision like this to be stayed. So this decision most likely will not take effect. The appeals process can take 12 to 18 months in California, even if they ask for an expedited review. And even if they ask to go straight to the Supreme Court, we're looking at at least six months before any mm. new chapters would evolve
0: you're listening to fifth and mission you can support this show in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the san francisco chronicle app So there's a long path ahead, but this is a major blow to the delivery and ride app companies, right? I mean, after such a long, expensive campaign last fall for this measure, does this put gig workers finally on the path of potentially becoming employees? Well, not really.
1: Um, Not yet. It's, again, too soon to tell. This This is a blow, certainly, but it could be reversed on appeal. And... Even if Prop 22 does end up getting thrown out at the statewide level by the California Supreme Court, the workers would still not at that moment become magically employees. They did not magically become employees on January 1st, 2020, when AB5 took effect. Mm -hmm. The position of the gig companies is that AB5 doesn't affect them for various reasons. So the only way that they could become employees is through a government action like lawsuits from government entities. And there are several such lawsuits pending. Um, the z- state of California and the cities of San Francisco and two other cities have sued Uber and Lyft over their driver's employee status. They've gotten a judge to say that the driver should be employees, but the judge stayed that ruling pending Prop 22. And then as we know, Prop 22 passed. Mm-hmm. If Prop 22 does get thrown out, that case is the most likely route for Uber and Lyft drivers to become employees. That case is winding its way through the courts now. And currently, that case can only look at the pre-Prop 22 time because Prop 22 would take precedence. But if there is no Prop 22, that case could be prospective, forward-looking, and could change the driver's status.
0: Prop 22 did provide some protections to workers, which I understand took effect last December. What were they?
1: So Prop 22 has has two big pr- new protections or guarantees for workers. One is about earnings and one is um, a healthcare stipend. So on earnings, it guarantees that workers will make 120% of the prevailing minimum wage in wherever they happen to live. The minimum wage is different from city to city for their engaged time. So engaged time is key here. That's the time from when they accept a ride request until they complete the ride. It doesn't include the time when they turn on the app and they're waiting for a ride. And it also promises 30 cents a mile for that engaged time. So if if you're in a city with a minimum wage of $15 an hour, that means $18 an hour in wages. And assuming that their speed is 20 miles an hour, which is about right, according to the companies, that would mean $6 an hour for mileage. So that comes to $24 an hour for engaged hours not including waiting time, and -hmm. then tips, tolls, cleaning fees, and airport fees are on top of that. But there's no overtime pay for working more than eight hours a day or 40 hours a week, which is important because many drivers put in really long hours, and if they were employees, they would get time and a half after eight hours a day or 40 hours a week. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, I remember last fall, you know, Uber and Lyft used some of their own drivers in their ads In support of their campaign. How are workers feeling now after these protections have taken place since December?
1: Um, I don't know, because there haven't been any widespread polls of them since these have taken place. And also most of the workers haven't been working because of the pandemic. So the polls Before or around the time that Prop 22 passed showed that about 80% of drivers and couriers supported it. The other side would say that the gig companies poisoned the well by telling drivers and couriers, you won't have any flexibility. It'll be like working at McDonald's. You'll have assigned shifts and that that's why drivers... um, supported Prop 22. Mm-hmm. Workers are not a monolith. They're, they are all over the map. So workers have different opinions. And, um, you know, on the one side, the workers who say they want to stay independent contractors say they love and cherish the flexibility. They can log in or out whenever they want, if they can fit the work in around childcare, around school, around other commitments, around other jobs. And they really, really appreciate that flexibility. And they feel like they are their own boss. And that's what they want. On the other side, the workers who want to be employees say they feel like they're getting ripped off financially, um, they're putting in all this time, they don't get overtime pay, they don't get their expenses reimbursed, although they can write all those expenses off on their taxes. And um, they feel that the companies control them the way an employer controls an employee, and therefore they should be employees and have the protections and benefits of employment.
0: And labor unions continue to be the, the loudest voices behind this too?
1: Yes, Yes, labor unions you know clearly see the gig workers as sort of a, a whole new untapped category source of potential new union members mm-hmm. and they have taken this up as as a huge cause for themselves. It's not that clear that there has been a huge clamoring among the gig workers to become organized. There certainly are, you know, hundreds, if not some thousands of gig workers who would like to be in a union, but it doesn't appear to me that there are tens of thousands who are seeking this.
0: Right, right. Like you said, workers are not a monolith and there's varying opinions here. Even with this latest ruling, Prop 22 has been very influential for the rest of the country. Will the rest of the nation be looking at the next steps pretty closely?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I think really what, what's going on nationwide is we have a new administration that is much more union friendly and less big company friendly, and we have a Democratic controlled Congress. So at the federal level, it is more likely that they will move forward on their own less gig friendly, more union friendly actions. And I don't think Prop 22 will factor in what they do.
0: Well, it seems like the latest step in a long saga, at least here in California, I appreciate you talking to me about it, Carolyn. Thanks so much. Carolyn Saeed is a business reporter at The Chronicle. You can find her story about the latest with Prop 22 and what it means for gig workers at sfchronicle.com or on the Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. Thanks to you for listening.